Cameron Simon, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, let's start off by, let's get the elephant out the room. How does it feel to tell people you are a UFC athlete? Thank you so much for having me here. And it is quite weird still <laughs> because I think it's just because I'm such a massive fan of the sports. You know, it's just, it's surreal. I think it's going to really kick in once we travel yeah. and, you know, we're traveling in about a few days. So um, going there and seeing all the guys and meeting up with the UFC staff, it, it's, uh, I think it's then going to kick in properly. I'm excited for you because... Yeah. I think I've followed your career from day one and yeah. you you haven't been, with all due respect, you haven't been in this game a long time yeah. as a professional. Yeah. I know that you've put in the yards before that, you studied the game, but this is so awesome because it just shows the talent that we're producing in this country and that someone who is as young as you are can chase a dream, get an opportunity and make it count because that contender series moment that went viral, by yeah. the way, <laughs> That's put your name up in lights. How has your life changed since that? I mean, I keep telling people, like, have you heard of Cameron Simon? They're like, uh, uh, your name sounds familiar. I'm like, well, take note because yeah. he's going to be a household name. But when Dana White tells you you're the future of an organization, that's yeah. goosebump stuff, man. Yeah, that, that was also weird. Just having him say that was was surreal. I think it, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity, and I think the opportunity and the hard work met up perfectly so um yeah and that's just testament again to my team uh, i've i've said it on multiple interviews multiple podcasts i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for team cit mm -hmm. and for coach Mordenay fisser so it's really just amazing to have a band of brothers at backing me and you know i've been a professional fighter for um, i think we're closing into four years yeah. now which i lost a year and a half to COVID. Uh, so it's not been that long uh, before that about six years of mixed martial arts experience. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, I, I, I just, I think COVID also taught us that we need to really take the opportunities once it's given to us. You know, we didn't plan on going onto the contender series and when the opportunity arose, we, we took it with both hands. When that sort of text message came through, coach Monet was like, listen, what was going through your mind? Did you think he was joking? Or I mean, not that yeah. he jokes a lot. Yeah, <laughs> got a serious dude. Yeah. Yeah, big shout out to Mornay. Yeah, <laughs> especially when it comes to fighting, I don't think he jokes around <laughs> no. a lot. You know, he takes it super seriously. But when I think we got a, the first thing I think it was Drakus that first told me, um, because his management were on the verge of signing me as well. And then they said, okay, they have this opportunity for a bantamweight. And then coach called me and he said, okay, this is the guy, we're doing this. And I was like, okay, great, well, I don't. So you I, didn't actually have a say? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, not at all. But also I'm always in camp. Yeah. Even after, after fights, I take off maybe a week, maybe two weeks, you know, not even. Yeah. And then I get very irritated, not being in the gym, not seeing, because, all of my training partners are my best friends as well. Sure. Like, you know, not, not seeing my friends, it's it's my second home. So I get pretty frustrated very quickly after fights and then I want to get back in there. So after the uh, Sandile Manangela fight, I took off a few, I, I took off, I think, six days and then I was back in the gym training. <laughs> so, and yeah, and then we, you know, we had Josh Wong Kim was the name that popped up. Luckily it didn't change. And yeah. that was the guy we were prepping for. And then take us to the moment. I mean, the stars aligned in a way. 
Mm. You know, um, you you get the victory, and at that moment, is the adrenaline pumping? I mean, give us an idea. Just take us back to that. You know, walking up to the the octagon, and you're like, oh my god, it's Dana White. Oh my god, it's Las Vegas. The, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a lot to take in. Yeah, it was so weird. Even like in the warm up, uh, uh, Herzog, the the referee. He came in and I was like, man, you're the guy in the UFC game. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pretty, I was fanboying about a ref, you know, it, it's, it's weird, but it was just so surreal seeing some, some of the biggest stars that I look up to in, in the crowd was absolutely amazing. Meeting some of the UFC fighters before the fight was, was insane. And I actually fell asleep in the warm up area just before the fight. Um, which was also a great sign. That has happened since my fight with Ruvan de Beer. Really? I, every single time I go to the warm-up area about an hour and a half before I'm supposed to start activating. And then I take like a 30-minute cat nap. And it, <laughs> I, that I actually started doing that after reading uh, Rocky Marciano's uh, biography. Okay. And he always napped before fights. So I was like, okay, if I can take a nap before a fight, heart rate is set, nerves are okay manageable it's still high but it's manageable then we're gonna have a good good role so and you're alert after that or yeah because like super. me if i wake up from a power nap i need some coffee or something just to get the clock ticking but then uh, i'm not a professional athlete yeah i'm i'm, I'm now again like i i know guys that wake up and it takes them about an hour to get there you know yeah. so but i'm like a like a light bulb and a switch going okay. i'm ready to start the day so yeah just taking a nap before the contender series fights and really being very calm I, I i still remember coach was actually quite nervous because my heart rate was too low and we need to we need to push it up before yeah. the fights and get warm properly warm and so i was fine 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 until about they they had like the small previews and i was walking out first and then about 10 seconds before the preview is done i was like Oh, okay, okay. The feeling in the stomach is there. <laughs> the heart rate is going up yeah. easily. And then, this is real. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. All of them are all of them are out there. Yeah. So and then walked out and even like the cut man that put the Vaseline on my face, I'm like, I know you too. So <laughs> I, cool. I can't remember your name, but <laughs> Boston Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it was really, it was awesome. And, you know, after the first round, I think I was down one round, but I was still not nervous. I, I knew I was good enough to, to be in there. And, you know, credit to, to Josh Kim. He's an absolute amazing athlete. Mm. Before that, I think he was 15 and one as an amateur. And then he was five and one as a professional. And he had one disqualified a DQ loss. Yeah. So we knew we had a, a a crazy fight on our hands and we wanted to keep it standing to make a statement and luckily in the third round we we caught him and i think the first feeling was really just a, a sign of relief like even if I, I i thought i might not get a contract because of my age but i was relieved that i firstly won the fight because i hate losing <laughs> but also something you haven't tasted yet yeah yeah i, I don't want we'll to get, we'll get to that we'll get yeah. to hopefully you don't but yeah anyway, carry on <laughs> but yeah. it's just it was a, a sign of relief and then obviously just boss Dana calling me a badass was just so, That's so cool, cool. It was so sick. <laughs> and afterwards, also, I told coach beforehand, after, after the fight, I want to go to the PI 
if you're in the contender series, you're not actually allowed access to the Performance Institute because oh, you're wow. not a you're yeah you're not, not a, a contracted athlete. You're not a UFC athlete. Okay, yeah. So the moments I get my contract, I want to go to the PI. <laughs> I want to go to my head office. Yeah, and that was actually the only reason why I wanted to go there. Not, but it was so cool because it just showed like how to hungry you were it just shows you how how attentive and hungry coaches as well yeah. because after the fights i had a 40 minute session and he had a long list of stuff wow. we already had to fix yeah which was awesome so the the mindset never change mm. changed at all yeah. we keep on improving and we showed that literally the evening of the fights. congratulations yeah. man you did south africa proud and your gym proud and i think it was just like i think it was that spark moment. You know, I think a lot of people mm. realized it's not just about Drikus. Yeah. There's another kid on the block and yeah. he means business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also the credit to Drikus as well. He He's paving a way not only for South Africans, but for our team as well. He he was the front runner in, in that. And um, I think it's, it's up to me to prove that every single time we need to prove that it's not only Drickers. Yeah. You know, he's always going to be the, our front runner. He's always going to be the guy that is setting trends and hopefully we can jump onto that and also create our own records because of that. So uh, I feel there's a lot of almost responsibility on us to keep the good momentum going. So that's why working as hard and taking it as professional as possible is so important. So yeah, that was going to continue. That's my next that. question because and and I'm dying to find out, were you a kid that watched Kung Fu movies? You know what I mean? Or downloaded the, the UFC from legal sites? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? It's like there is a responsibility, like it or not. Mm. You've now, this is actually where the hard work starts. Yeah. And I think hats off to you guys because CIT and, and I'm, you know, I've, I've got to deal with you guys over the years through the EFC, but you guys have always conducted yourselves professionally. Whenever we get there, you guys are spar sparring the crap out of each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like you setting that level. Mm. Now I think the onus is on you to try and find that next level. Is that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, I think it's always going to be like that. The moment when I was an amateur, all I wanted to do until about, I didn't even know about the UFC, to be honest, uh, until about maybe 16 years old. So I was already practicing the sport for three, four years before I really got into the UFC. I was obsessed with the UFC. I was, I knew every fighter, I knew their stats. Please don't ask me now. <laughs> I, but it's just, I was so obsessed with, I looked up so much to the guys here in South yeah. Africa because I, I knew all I wanted was one fight in the UFC because I just thought it was cool. You yeah. know, watching Samurai Jack as a kid, <laughs> watching uh, American Dragon, watching uh, Karate Kid, you know, stuff like that was like, it was just cool. Yeah. And um, as a 12-year-old kid, trying th that on my little brother, the poor guy <laughs> suffered a lot. But it was always like, okay, it's in reach, so we're going to work towards that. And never in my mind that I thought we'll go to the UFC. And then as we got better, then it was like, okay, but maybe something else is in reach, yeah. maybe an international organization. Then we won the EFC world title, and then we were like, okay, maybe maybe we can run a few uh, fights internationally and go to the UFC, yeah. and, now, and now we're there. So I think it's always going to be, you're going to chase that next step. And even now, I'm working super hard to make this debut a success, which I know mm. I will. And after that, it's going to be climbing the ranks, mm. going after ranked 30th, 25th, 20th, the top 10. Yeah. 
proving that we are some of the best in the world. And then, obviously, the world titles are always on the mind. It's my screensaver on my phone. <laughs> it's it's something that we are chasing and we are planning to, to get that. Yeah, your phone's in safe hands. It's my technical yeah. producer. Tyler. She's <laughs> charging it as we speak. And we also need to get some decent mugs, please, Tyler. Um, I think we need some branded mugs. Yeah, yeah. Please, like your coffee's going to get cold yeah. if you don't have a sip because you. you've been doing all the talking, which is... Which is great, but I think what's interesting for me is let's go back to that 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 youngster who's looking at the EFC as mm. as a pinnacle at that point, right? Yeah. As somewhere you want to be. Who did you look up to, and was there a particular fighter that you know? There's been a lot of guys that have been pioneers for MMA in South Africa, yeah. and and hats off to them because mm. they have paved the way. There's no doubt. But was there someone you looked up to watching on TV while you were checking out the stats on the internet yeah. and that sort of thing? I must say the first. Ec- the first experience of a guy that I really followed was Gareth McClellan. And okay. I've said that before, you know, because I think it was my uncle or my father that said he was, they had those EFC magazines at that stage yeah. with the fight card in it. Yeah, that's and right. he was like pointing at this guy. Because like, I was falling asleep right through the evening. I was just too tired. I think I was about 10, 11 at that stage. Gee, so you were that young at your first EFC? Yes. Physically? Yeah. Well. I might have been, because I chatted to my dad as well. I think... But I can't remember that. I was maybe at an event before that when it was still at the Coca-Cola Dome. Jeez, but then I was a small. I can't remember that experience. But he said and I, there were I was there. fights in the car park and 8,000 people at the Dome. It <laughs> yeah. was wild. Yeah. It was wild. Sorry. So Carry on. It's, so the first experience of a, a guy I really started to follow was Gareth McClellan. Yeah. Just because of my dad or my uncle, I can't remember, just pointing at him and saying, you have to at least wake up for this fight. And so... <laughs> That was that was really the first experience I had. Okay, because these guys were like celebrities yeah. to me, you know. But I must say, Leon Maynard was, I was his. Uh, Leon Maynard and Demart Penner was Jeez. the two guys that I followed the most. I still remember Demart Penner had like these supporter shirts where it was half of his face and half of a wolf That's on right. the back, yeah. and I wanted one of those shirts <laughs> so badly. But Leon Maynard was the. His fights against Don Madge, all oh, three of those geez. fights. I think it's EFC 13. Yeah. I had all the DVDs, but EFC 13 was playing on repeat because that yeah. fight was absolutely insane. That could so, have been the great. It could be one of the greatest ever. Hundred percent. I think that that is close. Yeah. I I can't even think of another fight. It's very hard Not to think of another memory. fight. No ways. A, a more enjoyable win is obviously Drikas and Bahati. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just after the amount of shit he was talking. <laughs> it, that was just a bittersweet moment. It, it, it was it was in the, in the sense of like I was so bitter that it finished so quickly yeah. because I wanted him to punish him like <laughs> for 15 minutes. But... And the fans in in that fight was it was absolutely insane. It was crazy. Yeah. I thought that place is gonna cave in. So, <laughs> but yeah, Leon Maynard Don Madge. Yeah, crazy, no, crazy, awesome. crazy, crazy. So, um, I wanted to get your your, your thoughts. Like, um, the EFC has obviously shaped your life and, mm. and give you opportunities. But had the UFC not come along, do you think it would have been a KSW or a, a Cage Warriors or something like that you would have considered? Because obviously Drikas went. EFC, the KSW, mm. won the belt, lost the belt. You know, yeah. it also shaped him in a way. Yeah. Um, because he's involved, he's evolved into this incredible athlete now who's, you know, doing wonderful things and now fights someone in the top 10. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. 
and finishing a guy in the top 10 in a few weeks time i can't so, wait yeah I can't wait yeah it's 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 crazy i think he's his journey is uh, is much different than mine you know i think he he's had a lot of years to to almost settle into that position where i think mine was <laughs> pretty quick <laughs> yeah. but i think also we train with those guys every single day yeah so it's it's nothing new the traveling is obviously new i've i've only traveled once for a fight but also we do everything super professional training eating sleeping everything we try and do as professional as possible to make the transition easier yeah if i didn't get the opportunity i would have defended my belt against probably against the guy that is now training with us hula boy oh yeah, yeah. that's right so um, I think that was a fight I wanted just because of his reputation in the bantamweight division and in the flyweight division. He he is really the, I, I would say at this stage, the most decorated EFC fighter except Ige. Yeah. So it, it would have been either Ige or Zulu. Yeah. And going up in weights, you know, that would be fun because I walk around at a heavy weight. So, so, so the doing, weight cut quite brutal for you. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah no. Right. I'm not going to disclose what I walk no, around no, no, at, no, no, but, but it's not easy. Okay. Yeah. So I am, I think, I well, I hope I'm a pretty big bantamweight. No, I think you are, but I, I'm just curious yeah. because I've never thought of that. Mm. I think because you've done it so well. Yeah. That there hasn't been a reduction in power. The gas tank's been yes. fine. You know, you've walked around, you've always looked in incredible shape, yeah. but and, you are a big bantamweight. And that's and that shout out to Coach Scotty McIntosh. Uh, also does amazing you know, work. Amazing work. Yeah. He, he's he's always ensuring that our athletes are in tip-top shape and that the weight cuts is as smoothly as possible. Well, as possible. But that was always the plan was Ige or Zulu. Mm -hmm. Defending my title, which I want, which I really wanted to do. I wanted to defend my title and I wanted a second one. Was that to prove a point that, yes. that you are the apex predator? 100%. Okay. It, it was just a thing. People always say, uh, I once received a comment where someone said, yeah, it looks like you have a chip on your shoulder, which people always take as negative of course i have a chip on my shoulder yeah. i have something to prove so um and i think that it, it can either crush you it can make you better and it can make you really stupid or it yeah. can be a motivational factor yeah it can make you go to the gym earlier it can make you do more mobility sessions whatever the case may be it's just that was the 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 goal was to prove that every single time we fight to prove that we deserve to be there. And I think defending that title would have proven that and also going up a weight would have definitely proven yeah. that. You know, Iga is a great fighter. Uh, that oh, that was, would have been fun. That would have been a fun fight. <laughs> but again, it's just, it's it's crazy how, how opportunities and hard work align. And I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity, so. No, well, yeah. you, I think one thing, I mean, apart from the talent that you have, uh, you've also been a guy who's, when an opportunity's presented itself, you've grabbed it with both hands and yeah. you've shook it around the room and you've done with, you've had your way with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and those results are paying off now. Yeah. The the big thing for me is you haven't, um, and I, and like I say, I meant this with all due respect. You're still a baby in this game. You're still a young man, which is exciting at the same time. But there's also lessons to be learned along the way. Of course. But I think by having a gym around you and guys who have been there done that that makes a huge difference i mean i know mm -hmm. gareth has been at cit and he's rolled around and he's helped drickus and that sort yeah. of thing and having someone like that sort of impart knowledge because 
he always tells the story of when he went to Brazil and like they wouldn't even let him sit at the table because yeah. he was a foreigner, you yeah. know, fighting. And then there's like 60,000 people screaming at him. He's like, what yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> That's stuff that no one tells you until you get there. Now you're getting that. Yeah. So do you take in all this knowledge because you are a student of the game, a yeah. self-confessed student of MMA? Well, that's also the thing. I think it's easier for me because I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> if people ask me, what do I do in my spare time? I watch fights. Okay. <laughs> I, I do a podcast about fighting. Uh, I send fighting clips to friends. Uh, like everything revolves around this. We literally, our Little Legends Academy, our, our my side hustle, if you want to call it yeah. that, which I started as a kid. Uh, if I'm not training, I'm I'm training kids as well. Yeah. You know? So it's just <laughs> it's always been about this. It's it's my greatest passion. It's and it's going to be my life's work. You yeah. know, if I, if I'm old sitting on a porch, I'm going to look back and I'm not going to regret any of this because it's the funnest job in the world. Yeah. I really do have the funnest job. Although in the world. I prefer watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You guys can do yeah. what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's 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 really it's really fun. I, I wake up every single day and even we chat about about it with our training partners. And then we are literally doing a session, take a small break, we do another session. And during the second session, we're like, what other, we are so fortunate to be in this position yeah. where we can literally just do what we want and improve every single day. So it's it's always been a, been a, a motivational thing because I want to keep on doing this yeah. for long. I'm 22. I'm turning 22 the 20th of December, and I want to be able to fight for very long. And You'll be celebrating, yeah. double celebration. Yes, then, yeah. double celebration. So we, after the fight, we're gonna do the fight Christmas, and we're gonna do the birthday <laughs> one in one shot. Nice. And we're staying for like two or three days after Brilliant. the fight. Brilliant. <laughs> Poor Vegas. <laughs> the South Africans are yeah, here to yeah, take yeah. over. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's interesting because, it, it, let's be honest, MMA is, is a tough sport, not just physically, but financially also. Mm. You know, and, and a lot of you guys rely on sponsors and that yeah. sort of thing. And, and, and at times you might not get the fight purse that you're looking for fighting mm. in certain promotions. Um, how, what have you done to earn a bit of bucks before yeah. now? Because obviously now your life's going to change yeah. now that you've got a contract. But beforehand, was it coaching? Was it like little other revenue streams? Or yeah. Because you have to, medical bills, you know, the physio works hard yeah. on you guys, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think if you, if, if, you t if you just take medical bills, my diet and rent, that's a, that's a sizable amount of money that has to be paid every month. You know, it's, it's a super expensive sport if you are doing it very well. Yeah. If you are looking after your body, if you are taking your diet to, to the extreme, it can become very expensive. I've been very fortunate to have amazing sponsors mm. for the longest of time. So Q4 Fuel was our, one of our biggest team sponsors. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Yeah, they? and yeah. They, they sponsored me before they sponsored the team, okay. Team CIT. So it was just, it, they were always there. And then as, as we, you know, got better at this lovely sport, um, we got amazing brands on board, you know, like Biffelsfontein, Burkola, all, and it's, it's great because it's South African Afrikaans brands, which obviously we love as well, you know, so USN is, is part of that, the colony. So 
I wouldn't be in this position again, just like the team. Yeah. My team, my sponsors are a part of that team. So it has given me the opportunity to spend more time on training. And uh, obviously we have side businesses and stuff, little little stuff that yeah. we do to, to help to help with that. But it is very hard. It's a hard sport to to do as a full-time job just because of the physical and mental toll that it takes on on one the pressure alone yeah. it can you know kill people i was about but, to ask you about that pressure yeah. but what is the advice you're sitting here now that mm. you give to that 12 year old who's like i want to be an efc fighter yeah uh, don't overspend <laughs> 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 no it's just no it's it's really it's a lot i see that quite a lot on social media as well people saying um they can't make it in South Africa. You can't make it, and and it's it's very discouraging because there are a bunch of guys that are making it. Have a presentable social presence mm -hmm. is super important, which I was also lucky to to do from a very young age yeah. because I saw the potential in obviously social media. Being a kid, I was on it the whole day, so doing that spending a lot of time on really marketing yourself i i see a lot of the athletes especially fighters in, in south africa not marketing themselves well enough yeah. and and it's just and I don't think it's really necessarily anything practical. I think it's just attentive. You need to focus on marketing yourself. Yeah. And I don't think they do that. And just just like that, you're going to have to, just like training, you have to be on time. You have to do your session. You have to warm up. You have to cool down. That's stuff that you're supposed to do. Marketing yourself should be on that. And I think we have amazing talent, mm. but people are not seeing that talent. Yeah. If you have a big billboard, but the lights are off, no one's going to see the billboard. So it's just one of those things where people have to start being attentive on that. And if your talent, the opportunity, and then you showcasing your talent, if those things align, then opportunities will come knocking. I like that billboard yeah. analogy. That's yeah. very cool. Um, I'm going to steal that. Thanks. Yeah, cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll make a I'll note take, of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take royalties from that. Thanks. Um, one thing that I've always noticed when I've gone to CIT is, firstly, you guys are always sweating. Uh, like if you're either doing conditioning or whatever it is. Yeah. I know that you go to the yard and, and do yeah. your stuff there. But at CIT, there's this proud culture. And I don't think it's one specific culture because you've got guys from Angola there, yeah. you've got South Africans, uh, Zulu boys there, you know, but it's this incredible culture. Can you sort of, without giving away too many secrets, yeah. sort of share just a bit of the insights into that culture? Is it, is it a, it's, it's definitely a collective thought though yeah. that everyone buys into. hundred percent. And it's really, it's really like a, a small family. Mm. Everyone is there to look after each other. And I think, Everyone understands that you need training partners in it order to get better at the sport. But not only that, there's a sense of pride in having put in time to help someone mm. and having them represent our team. And I think even though you're in the cage alone, I think it's always been a massive team effort. You, I think, uh, I know you know about the the classic Friday mm. evening sparring sessions where we really go at it. Afterwards, have a beer. Mm. If you're not in camp, you yeah. can have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're just sadly in pain sitting there, <laughs> sipping Con on your water, contemplating <laughs> if you want to do this. But it's always been 
beforehand, before training, we always, you know, like I said, those guys are my friends. We are always there having a chat. It's not only getting their training and then leaving. It's always been a, a little bit more than that. And I, t- I think we take a lot of pride in having our guys compete. You know, at, at the upcoming EFC event, we have five guys competing. Yeah. And I, I really believe that we can go five out of five on that night. And it kills me that we can't be there. So yeah. because we're going to miss it, we're going to probably still be on on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's like 47 hours yeah, or something. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's we're going to check in when yeah. we can. If someone can video call us during the fights, we'll be watching it. It's just... We, t- we spend so much time together and we actually invest so much time into each other. It's hard not to not yeah. to be loyal and not to uh, appreciate one's time. So I'm it's just pulling up the fight card here. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, Zulu now against Quendes is one of them. Yeah. Uh, De La Rey. Yeah. Uh, De La Rey and Billy West. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a sick fight. Obviously, I fought Billy, so... That's a that's a Stand great fight. Stand and bang. Stand and bang. <laughs> yeah, and we have JC Lamprecht. Yeah, he's back, eh? After 10 years, Unbelievable. He's yeah. He's, he's a unit, abs- eh? He's a unit, yeah. So, yeah, he does the the security training and yeah. all that sort of thing. The tactical yeah. shooting. Done very yeah. well there. Very, very well. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a mad... He's mentality in in those trainings because i've actually done his courses shout out to bravo yeah he keeps asking me to go and and i just haven't been yet you should go it's so much fun well there we go i'm committing it's it's very long it's like it's like a proper eight nine hour thing that's cool and please take with snacks because i forgot that the first time it's yeah (laughs) so the protein bars and the shorts but it's it's very it's very cool and you learn a lot but yeah just seeing how professional he is in his training in his tactical training and then just literally duplicating that in his in his training for this fight was so cool to see he's it's an absolute killer and then sizue is also fighting yeah, that's yeah. an interesting one. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, because th- he he just comes forward, man. He's fearless. He yeah, he is fearless, and he has a rock hard head. <laughs> My hands are so sore because of that guy because he's relentless and he is so so good. I'm I'm very looking forward to seeing how his career shapes in the next in the next year. You know, I think. When he when he finishes Robert, I think next year is going to be a, a great year for him because he's he's a serial gym hopper. Yeah, but he's now it looks like he's found a home at the most unlikely place that I thought he would ever rock up. Yeah, right. CIT, yeah. but he's settled in. Yeah, and he's you can see he's improving. Yeah, I think he has one or two fights un, under us. Yeah, you know, and he's a massive asset to to my camp as well. So I re, I, I tell them a lot like. Please stay, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. You, uh, we like you guys. Yeah, we want you guys to be here, and um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I really hope he stays. Yeah. Ah, it's good. I'm excited. Look, it's a, it's a, it's an exciting card at hundred. Yeah. Uh, Nerik Simus, I'm a huge fan, nice. uh, but I'm also a fan of Kaim Bala. Yeah, just because of the way he fights. I don't yeah. know the guy at all, but yeah. I just like the way. Like, but Nerik is like one of the most talented guys I've ever seen. Yeah, hundred percent. Nerik is. I've I've said this before as well, but he is so frustrating to train against just because he's so good. Yeah. It's really it's really 
his wrestling is on another level. His stand-up timing. He has such a good flow when he fights. It looks beautiful. It's just like an art. Yeah. And now he's fighting Kyle, Kyle Bala, which yeah. is super explosive. Very, very quick. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be two polar opposites, and they're going to clash. And I'm really looking forward to that fight. It's going to be exciting. sick. Yeah. No, well, look, as I say, like I think there's some spicy ones there. CIT, good luck uh, to all of you guys on the night there, I'm sure. Uh, the preparation's done. Yeah. It's all systems go, tapering off now, and it's yeah. it's showtime. But I want to get into your fight. December 10th, T-Mobile, right? T-Mobile Arena. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Next year, I'm going to come and watch you guys. Please do. Um, and then we can celebrate afterwards. Yeah. But but have you got enough tape on your opponents? G- give us a little bit of insight into how you prepare, because... I don't think anyone can hide these days. Like yeah. there's some tape somewhere on someone, if it's YouTube or wherever it may be. Mm. And you obviously study that, but you also have a game plan to use your skill set yeah. most efficiently and most dangerously, if yeah. you put it that way. I, I don't, when I when I get an opponent, I don't like watching tape for the okay. first few weeks at, at all, actually. I don't watch my opponent's fights. Oh, wow. For about the first two, three weeks, don't watch. Why is that? It's more of a, I want to focus on improving absolutely everything. Okay. Ground game, stand-up, wrestling, everything. I want to be as fit as possible by the time we get very focused on a certain opponent. And also, I think, you know, w- this has happened a few times where opponents change. Mm. So now you are fight- now you're training very specifically for eight weeks and then your opponent changes. Oh, man, that must and be so frustrating. We We see this happening as well where guys train specifically for someone they pull out and then they don't want to take another fight because they were so specific now i don't want to do that i don't want to pull out so give me someone else i don't care i want to go in there and test what i have trained and not what i've trained for someone so the first few weeks focusing on just improving absolutely everything and then we i watch tape with the mindset of okay let's just check mannerisms because most of the time, you can change your fighting style, you can switch stance, you can have a grappling-heavy game and then change it to just doing stand-up. Mm. But key mannerisms will always stay. Yeah. So looking at mannerisms and then formulating a hands, handful of plans for that. And is that a collective thing that you guys do? Was that just you and coach? Or? No, I must say like that that's something that's, that's I think, my, my mentality is towards it. And I think every... Every guy has their own. I know Drickus, when he gets a name, he watches tape okay. repeatedly on that guy. So he from the name. Darren Till. Tunnel vision. Okay. And that's great because that works for him. That's yeah. that's his that's his whole cocktail of how he, he goes about it. So it's it's a personal preference and you know, like I was supposed to fight Ronnie Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He pulled out. So again, that's it it just helps it's just me. Yeah, exactly. You know, and at this stage they have a name. I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but uh, they have a. Oh, so I'm. I don't even know that this guy's pulled out because I'm yeah. on the UFC website right yeah. now, and they've got you fighting him, Ronnie Lawrence. Ronnie Lawrence. Yeah. So he he pulled out. He has an injury. Inj- oh yeah. no. So okay. you don't have um, to mention the name. Yeah. I, let's let's rather not in case we're but, in breach of contract. Yeah. It's okay. But, sorry, Dana. <laughs> but <Sean>. it's exactly. <laughs> sorry, Yamar, Yamar, Yamar. <laughs> But it's that's. Ja- my mentality towards training camp it helps me with stuff like this. That it's proves just, your point. It's it's just yeah. I was speaking to my grappling coach this morning, and we have another name, 
which is not, it's penciled in, but it's not pen to paper at all. So I've been training for him. Yeah. So I watch these mannerisms. I have been formulating some plans, yeah. working on specific stuff, but also keeping an open mind to it might be someone else. Yeah. And we need to be ready for who. So there's a chance when you land in Vegas yeah. that there's a new name. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, 100%. But that's the fight game, isn't it? Yeah. And you have that, to be adaptable. You have to be adaptable. Yeah. We saw it now. It, it's now recent news. Yeri Prochaska has a sh- shoulder injury and Tashira didn't want to fight yeah. um, Uncle Live because he was training specifically for Yuri. Now he's not getting a title fight. So Blaovich and Uncle Live is fighting each other for an interim, interim title. title. So you have to be ready. And I think especially in the UFC, you they're not going to waste their time. If no. you deny a certain amount of fights, if you have weird reasons for not fighting, if you have repeated injuries, stuff like that, it's at the end of the day, it is a business and yeah. they have to keep on growing. So And they're the biggest in the world. Biggest in the world and for good reason because they don't waste their time and efforts and resources on guys that are not willing to show. So so Glover Teixeira, have you lost respect for him? N- not at all. Because he's, no. he's champion. You yeah. know, you also want to try and control what you can control, I yes. suppose, right? Yeah, it's just like, no, I... I understand why he wouldn't want to fight Uncle Liar from yeah, three Jesus. three weeks would yeah. notice. He's a beast. It, I understand Tashira's mindset, hundred mm. percent. Okay, it's just you're gonna have to decide. Okay, do you want to take it on three weeks? No, take a chance and maybe lose, or are you gonna step back? Because he is also older. He and yeah, he's and what, 42, 43, something like that. And he there? probably doesn't have to fight anymore. He's double your age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, so it's just it. You also don't know where he is in yeah. life and outside of this. You know, there's a lot of guys that um, go through a lot of hardship during camp, yeah. and yeah, we are still people. At the end of the day, we still have normal world world problems. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's you don't know where he is. Mm. But luckily, we have a cool main event yeah, for that. That's that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was walkout songs. Like, yeah. what? Forgive me, I might be wrong. The Sweet Home Alabama that you've used, yeah, yeah. is that your song? Is it still the one? Uh, it's getting changed now for oh, the I UFC see. debut. Okay. Yeah. All right, no, we won't have to give um, the secret away. Yeah, no, no, we can. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 we can for sure. Sweet Home Alabama was uh, when I pick a song, I don't, e- I don't even really listen to the words. It's all about the vibes. Okay, <laughs> so I got you. Because the crowd really, goes like they, they, they're up for this. They love know? it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it was one of those songs where. I always had a had a smile walking out because I was always made that connection of like, oh, we're here to have fun. Yeah. And that's something that coach always reminds of, us of. Is it's that just, what he tells you? Sorry, uh, Cameron. Because he slaps you guys just yeah. before you go and you're like, if you're yeah. not awake, you're wide awake. <laughs> yeah. But is that what he's telling you there? Yeah. Okay. Every single time. Okay. So he just yeah. reminds you that. Yeah. Okay. Every single time he's just, he, because it's so intense yeah. and even our warm ups are pretty intense. Yeah. Like we've knocked out each other before backstage, just accidentally, yeah, just yeah. like very intense, hitting a jab, <laughs> getting dropped. So it's uh, it's the pressure is high, the music, yeah. the fans, everything, and it's just that final thing of like, remember why you do this. Yeah, yeah. it's the core reason of why you started this, and and that's great to have that just before you go into the cage. So Sweet Home Alabama was always such a the tune, fun, man. I love the it. fun tune, <laughs> and. Uh, recently, I got, was introduced to a uh, Greta Van Fleet, like a 
a modern day uh, Z, um, Led Zeppelin okay. type of okay. type of band, and they have a song, Safari Song. And okay. I, st- if you ask me what the words mean, I still have no idea. <laughs> I just like the sound and okay. I like the feeling of walking out on that. Right, nice. So that's gonna be the song. And I, I have this funny thing of like, we're gonna probably be fighting a lot of international guys. So we're gonna have to take them on a safari. No, so, for sure. So, so that's the only Wait, they, reason why they're the game being hunted. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I got you. So that was the connection. So is it just going through like Apple Music or Spotify and going, oh, that song could work? Or yeah. 100%. And do you play it for your teammates, or are you like, yeah. I'm selfish about this, and this is the one I'm going no, for? No, we always so. It's such a fun. It's a committee, in, a song in, committee in <laughs> CIT. If Livered Up by Airborne plays in the gym everyone freaks out because if Jacobs is there and he hears his song I, he gets weird <laughs> he just like gets super intense because that's his switch yeah. that's his switch of like it's fight okay. time yeah 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 so it Get has happened okay. <laughs> the, the the playlist is on shuffle and that, and that song comes on and everyone is super stressed like where's Jacobs okay. oh, wow. he's not here so we can listen to it <laughs> <laughs> that's for hilarious me, for me <laughs> I, I actually, like, I don't listen really to music. Yeah, yeah. When I'm in a car, I love listening to podcasts at home. Okay. I listen to podcasts. Oh, I, right. I, okay. I don't really watch a lot of movies, stuff like that. Do you have a particular podcast apart from mine that you listen to? Yeah, often? yeah, of course. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the the man himself, Joe Rogan, okay, is yeah, just yeah. the trendsetter. But I've grown to love guys like Flagrant, Andrew Schultz, um, guys like King and the Sting, with Brendan Schaub and okay, Brian Callen, yeah, yeah. they are they are actually a few I listen to. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of no, good so it ones. keeps you busy. For yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of content, so the song is not that important for yeah. me. I don't warm up m- with music. Okay. I don't um, in training. I don't really listen. I don't mind. People can play whatever they want. So it, you're not a headphones guy. No. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes I'm just like I don't want to be bothered, yeah. and then I put on headphones. Sure. But then I'm listening to a podcast, <laughs> so, <laughs> so doing a mobility session and listening to um, Mr. Rogan, okay. dropping some awesome. knowledge. Yeah. So when he's interviewing you, that's going to be surreal. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> he's he he is the coolest guy on the planet. For I dare me, you so. to ask him for a selfie there and then. I, I, that's a hundred percent part of the plan. Oh, I've, okay, I've okay. had I've had that dream a few times. As really? Well. Yeah, hundred percent. That's hundred percent. Cool. I'm a massive fan. Hey so. Joe, snap that. Hey Joe, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. cool, man. <laughs> yeah, Your yeah. Instagram will explode, bro. Yeah. I'm sure it's already exploded. his. His will also explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too shy. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a massive fan oh, of that's him. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, uh, we uh, let's have a look here. We've got a few more minutes. Um, you've you've enjoyed your own podcast uh, mm-hmm. and podcasting that does it help you sort of pro- process things because you speak about a lot of stuff um msp podcast mm. right yeah um you speak about a lot of things that people don't know about on your podcast that you've gone through or that other mm. fighters go through amateurs go through yeah. um has it been cathartic in a way for you to sort of just be able to express yourself and, and yeah just create content yeah i think it's it's fun it's fun doing it because you know, we started the podcast with my friend from school, which is also, am- he's an amateur fighter. And so the f- the name of the podcast first was the Professional Amateurs Podcast, being professionals at being amateurs. <laughs> and so we started that together because we were just absolute massive fight fans. We had mm. some things to say and we wanted to record that. And then I've, then it started transitioning and then I was thinking, okay, but I want to 
that, that why is super important. I just don't want to put stuff out there yeah. just for shits and giggles. So it was always a thing of, I want to focus on having great insight for guys that don't know the sport well. Yeah. If you know the sport well, you, you can probably relate to it. And also just having fun. I think if I look at the podcasts I enjoy, it's it's all very lighthearted. It's very fun. It's very loose. It's not very planned. I think we, we shot ours yesterday. We were on a rant for about 25 minutes about um, <laughs> how many how many footballers Ual Romero can fight at one at one <laughs> stage and who is the toughest footballer will be able to fight and then we just called out a few guys like Kasper Neuves and stuff like that so it goes on to a weird <laughs> well, that's cool though because it's yours yeah. you can talk about what you want we can talk about ex- that's just an what interesting we question like Ual Romero against 20 footballers he'll definitely yeah. win yeah I think I, I had like 10 at least yeah uh, because I think if he leg kicks one of them, it's just like that's game yeah, over. It's, it's game over. <laughs> I think maybe Vinny, Vinny Jones is probably the only guy, yeah. but he's so old now. I still didn't after the episode. I still didn't do my research, but there was a guy. I think his surname is Torres. He a massive striker for Wolves, a black guy, but he had like massive legs, super athletic, very. Explosive. Oh, Diego! Is it not Diego Costa? Maybe Diego Costa. De- he he uh, likes fighting. Uh, is he it? would be a, a fan? Ooh, that could be an interesting one. Good that fight. could be spicy, yeah. And I'm always just trying to set up your show against guys that are celebrities <laughs> because I just think it would be very funny. So, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Last one, just before we go, YouTubers fighting uh, boxers and ex MMA guys. Yes. Good or bad for for the sport of MMA? Great for the popularity of the sport mm. to get more casuals into the sport not not good for the perception of how easy this how easy the sport yeah. is i think a lot of guys a lot of kids a lot of stuff they they see that and then they say okay it's easy you just go there and you fight not knowing how how much work it takes you know like someone like jay paul is a, is a great example yeah. people are very mad at him because of his antics, but he's also a proper boxer. Yeah. He, credit where credit's due. Yeah, his record yeah. His record is good. He looks very good. He trains probably very hard. Yeah. If I'm if I have to guess, he trains very hard. And he's super professional. So you can't really take anything away from the guy for for creating this type of weird avenue you see calling for fighters to get paid more yeah which is that's which is great he's using his platform for good just on the fighters being paid more fighters get if if you are fighting at the top level you get paid very well Mm. and it's it's very subjective to having you know if in any job if i say like i deserve to be paid Mm. more then you're like okay but why (laughs) and then you need to be able to to justify that justify that and i think because the UFC is doing very well because of their structure. Yeah. We see that in, you know, we have like grappling tournaments here. We have, it's super hard and it's super expensive to host events. Mm. Even hosting a, a small event at your gym, it, it's very costly. Yeah. So the, the almost stigma about if you do it, if you do it well and you're smart about your financials and stuff, uh, you can make a decent living. And also at the end of the day, if this is what you love to do, you you know like i would fight for free as well it's just like it's one of those things where we got if if i ha- with my sandile manangela fight mm. if i got offered half of what i got paid a third 
I, I would have still taken the yeah. fight because it's not about that. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about create, you know, making records. Yeah. It's about glory. It's more about just getting a payday. Cameron Simon, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an absolute privilege to have you on. I'm so excited to see where your career goes. When we hear Safari blaring out at the yeah. T-Mobile and you take your opponent on Safari, and when Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Buffer is calling out most savage player, yeah. that's going to be surreal. Good luck, all the best. And, thank um, you. Let's have you back on the show when uh, all is said and done in Vegas and you've celebrated your 22nd birthday. Yeah. Your victory and of course Christmas. Yeah, that would be sick. I can't wait. I'll I'll definitely come back come back next year and uh, after maybe a Thailand trip and then we can talk about that as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, what happens sick. in Thailand stays in Thailand. So they say. Thank you. Thank you so much.